0: ghouls, and things that go bump in the night. You know, if you've ever moved into a new house, you know that there will always be a surprise or two in store for you once you've moved in. Of course, for most people, those surprises are typically something like, you know, trash left in the attic or the garage or maybe a stain that you didn't notice at first. The letter that I received this week tells the tale of someone who found something slightly different in their attic. Can't wait to see what you guys think of this one, and if you can help. So, why don't you sit back, relax, and tune in the tiny door in the attic. I've always been in love with Victorian houses. So when I saw this one up for rent on Marketplace, I immediately messaged the landlord. After viewing it, I handed in my application and hoped for the best. I had applied to tons of other places with no luck. When I was accepted, I cried. I couldn't believe my luck. It needed a bit of work. Mostly paint and other minor things, which I told the landlord I could easily do, hoping to swing his tenant selection my way. Apparently it worked, and it seemed to be a dream come true. Best of all, it came with a surprisingly large, open attic. After a bit of tidying up and minor repairs, I could make the attic my getaway room. My mom cave, if you will. My recent separation hasn't been easy on the kids, but I thought a cool new house might perk them up a bit. The house was big enough for them to have their own rooms, and had a nice backyard to play in. Most of the rooms in the house were relatively small, but workable and would give everyone their own space. Once I had gotten the rest of the house set up and unpacked, I focused in on the attic. I'm a creative person, I sew, draw, build miniatures and do a variety of other crafts, so the open attic would be the perfect place once the space was ready. There were two windows on the front wall of the house that let in a nice amount of afternoon sun. Under one of the windows was a workbench. It needed work, but it would make a perfect book nook if I fixed it up. I decided to start there, figuring I would take reading breaks in between fixing and setting up the rest of the attic some of the boards were loose and cracked along the front of the bench it seemed stable it just needed the front and the cushion replaced taking measurements to the local hardware store i got the pieces i needed and a box of nails so i was ready to work on it whenever i had the chance once i got the kids off to school the following monday morning i got to work i started by prying the boards off of the front of the bench They came off relatively easily since most were already loose, but it still took me a couple of hours. I took the opportunity to sweep out any crap and dust that had gathered underneath the bench. It was pretty dark underneath, so I just haphazardly went at it with a broom. Among the piles of dirt and such, I swept out a long piece of rope and some black candles. The rope was pretty frayed, and the half-used candles, somewhat deformed, probably from sitting under there so long on my next sweep in i hit something heavy enough that i could barely budget with the broom i got on my hands and knees and reached under the bench feeling around on the dusty floor hoping that my hand wouldn't encounter a giant spider or something worse it felt like some kind of metal box i pulled it out and sure enough i was right It was a small metal box about six inches wide and four inches high it appeared to be pewter decorated with intricate designs and adorned with a deep red gem in the middle of the lid beautiful really despite it being quite dusty and tarnished like it had been under there for quite a while i attempted to open it but it appeared to be somehow locked figuring a good cleaning would allow me to figure out how to get it open I got a rag and wiped it down. While doing so, a sharp piece of metal from the box cut deep into my finger. I yanked my hand up, causing blood to drip onto the top of the box. My blood suddenly absorbed into the gem at the top of the box and was gone in an instant. I must have imagined it. How could blood absorb into it like that? Pushing on my cut finger, I made another drop of blood fall into the box again. I looked in disbelief as the second drop was sucked into the box as well. Then I heard a click and the lid popped open. Putting the box down on my work table, I grabbed a tissue and wrapped it around my bleeding finger. I didn't want a chance to get more blood on the box or its contents. I quickly returned to the box, eager to see what was inside. It was lined with dark mauve velvet and contained a gold locket, a folded up piece of paper, and a clump of light brown cut hair. I examined the locket first. Opening it, I found a portrait on each side, a woman and a man in their late 20s to early 30s, I guess. The man was handsome, but with an intense stare. The woman had kind eyes and a captivating smile. The photos were small and focused almost solely on their heads, so I couldn't really see what they were wearing to judge how old the photos were. There were no inscriptions in the locket, just the outline of a heart engraved on the front. Skipping over the hair clump, I moved on to the piece of paper. It was discolored from aged and seemed delicate. I gently opened it, careful not to cause any damage. It contained a paragraph of writing, which appeared to be written in calligraphy. I couldn't tell if it was written with a quill or a calligraphy pen, but it definitely wasn't a big ballpoint which led me to believe it was old. The language in the text was totally unfamiliar to me. Most letters were those in the English alphabet, but the combination of them didn't look like any language I would ever seen before. Now I don't thoroughly know a bunch of different languages, I'm just saying I couldn't attribute it to any language I've ever come across. I decided to call up my friend David to see if he could decipher what language it may be in. He answered after a couple of rings, and I explained what I had found, before proceeding to attempt to read from the paper. I think it's safest not to share the actual spell. Wouldn't want to risk anyone else unleashing something. David wasn't sure what language it was in either. Maybe Latin, he guessed? Hmm, maybe. I probably just summoned the devil or something, I joked. In hindsight, I should have known better. I've always been a horror movie addict, and this was one of the first rules of horror movie survival. Do. Not. Read. The Latin. Honestly, it was pretty neat to read. I've always loved witchcraft and spells and stuff, but now it was time to get back to work. I wanted to get as much done as I could before the kids got home from school. Getting off the phone with David, I folded the piece of paper back up, put it back in the box, closed the lid, and went back to cleaning out underneath the bench. I didn't find anything else under there, other than dust and dirt. The rest of the bench structure seemed to be in good shape, so I started putting some of the new boards up while I waited for the kids to get home. The rest of the day was just like any other day. The kids got home i made dinner we ate hung out for a bit and then everyone got ready for bed once the kids were asleep i had a hot bath and relaxed the cut on my finger was looking pretty rough so i loaded it up with polysporin wrapped it in a band-aid and figured it would be in better shape the following morning the attic work must have really worn me out because i slept like a log i woke up feeling somewhat groggy and it took me a bit to finally roll out of bed. I trudged to the kitchen to make coffee. The kids were stirring shortly after, and my daughter, eight, skipped into the kitchen. She was always chipper and talkative in the morning. While she was telling me about her favorite Encanto character, she suddenly stopped and said, Mom, what's that on your arm? I looked down to where she was pointing. A centimeter away from her finger was a red spiral. It almost appeared to be carved into my arm, but ever so delicately. "'Oh, another one!' she exclaimed, pointing further down my forearm. Sure enough, there was another. Upon looking both my arms up and down, I noticed four on one arm and five on the other, all the same spiral pattern. Where could these marks have come from? Once the kids had gotten off to school, I decided to thoroughly check my bed, What if I had bed bugs or something? I took the sheets off, checked all around the mattress, in the seams, underneath, behind the headboard, everywhere. I couldn't find anything. I decided to wash my sheets, just in case, then shrugged it off and headed back to work in the attic. I had been working for maybe half an hour when something caught my attention. While on my hands and knees, hammering the bottom of a board in place, I saw it. A tiny door at the bottom of the wall across from me. I swear it wasn't there yesterday, or any other day that I had been up there. One of the first things I did in the attic was wipe down the baseboards. Surely I would have noticed that. I went over to the door and squatted down in front of it to get a better look. It was only about three inches high by two inches wide made out of wood and painted red. There was a symbol painted on it in black that appeared to be the silhouette of a... a fairy, perhaps? It was so tiny, it was hard to tell. The doorknob was minuscule, so much that I couldn't even hold it to see if turning it would open the door. As strange as it was, it was actually adorable. I took a picture of it to send to David, then got back to work. Fairy doors are really popular these days. Perhaps my daughter put one up here. I couldn't think of any other reasonable explanation for it just seeming to appear. The rest of the day went on like the day before. At dinner, I asked my daughter about the fairy door. She had no idea what I was talking about. My sons claimed the same. I felt a sense of unease in the pit of my stomach. Could someone have broken into our house and put it there? I made sure to double check all the doors and windows were locked before heading to bed. I didn't want to take any chances. My cut finger didn't seem to be looking any better either. It didn't really bother me pain-wise, but it didn't appear to be healing as much as I thought it should. I repeated the band-aid routine and went to bed. I'm not sure if it was due to the door or the thought of someone being in my house, but my sleep that night was horrible. It felt like I never quite got into a deep sleep. I had vivid dreams of little fairies or pixies or something of the sort. I'm not even sure what they were. Laying on my back in my bed, I couldn't move my body, as if I was paralyzed from the neck down. All I could do was watch them. Their bodies were humanoid forms, tiny with wings, but they had no mouth, only two little nostrils in place of a nose and concave sockets for eyes. Their hands and feet came down into sharp points instead of having fingers and toes. Upon their bald heads was a jagged crown. I couldn't determine what it was made out of. I want to say leaves, but if so, they were dead leaves, thick and stiff. They twirled and danced around my skin like figure skaters on a small patch of ice. Wherever their dancing began, Blood would seep out of my skin and be sucked up into their feet. Their pale, almost white bodies would turn pink upon sucking up my blood, slowly getting darker and darker until they became a deep red. At that point, they all flew up and zoomed into the now-open mini-door one by one. The door immediately shut after the last of them entered, and I woke up. Quickly sitting up, I looked all over my body. The spirals were everywhere. I assumed I must have felt their creation in my sleep, had the door symbol in my head, and my mind just made this crazy dream to explain what was happening. Searching my bed again, I tried to find whatever was actually leaving the marks on me, but I was unsuccessful. In order not to freak out the kids, I made sure to put on a long sleeve shirt and pants while getting them ready for school, And i tried my best not to show the concern i had of what was going on while i slept once they had left i made my way up to the attic and head straight for the tiny door i didn't believe that anything nefarious was occurring at that point but i needed to look at it just to ease my mind a deep pit in my stomach occurred as i came upon the door it was still there but it had changed it was bigger by a couple of inches each way and a dark brown in color the new symbol on the door resembled a blob with tiny arms What? I sat and stared at it for a good 10 minutes what do I even do here what is happening am I losing my mind I needed to get my mind off the door so I started working on the bench again it took everything in me not to look at the door every minute I kept picturing it opening while my back was turned. After a couple of hours of this, I gave up and decided to leave the attic and occupy myself baking far away from the door. Deciding not to tell the kids, I made out like everything was normal, and we went about our evening as per usual. Unable to get the door out of my mind, I decided to do some research once the kids were in bed. I decided to do some research once the kids were in bed. Searching fairy doors on the internet just brought me images and tales of adorable fairies and their doors, or DIY instructions on how to make them. I searched up Evil Fae, but that didn't seem to give me any results similar to what was occurring in my home. David was my next shot. Not confident he would know what's going on, but he had a way of easing my worries and fears. He suggested that I ask here. So here I am. I'm terrified to go to sleep at this point. I can't think of any harmless reason this is occurring. Could someone be in my house that I'm not aware of? Or does anyone have any thoughts on the door? The box? Any help would really be appreciated. And that, listeners, is the letter I received about the tiny door in the attic. So, what do you guys think? Is someone causing this to happen? Is there just a real-life human being behind it? Or, do you think, maybe, the Fae are up to something? I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about this, so please, find me on Facebook at Haunted Horror Story and Podcast, find me on Tumblr at Haunted Horror Story and, or even just shoot me an email, HauntedHorrorStory and at gmail.com. This is where I leave you this week, folks. So, until next time, stay spooky. And remember, sometimes it's more than just a story.